Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Joe Clossy, and I am your ACE principal and your traveling principal here back for another episode of Podcasting with Seniors. Um, this episode, of course, is brought to you by the seniors from the class of 2020. They are Miles Webster. Say hello, Miles. Hey, guys. How you doing? Isaac Souls. Say hello, Isaac. Hello. Bradley Walsh. Hey. Bradley. And boys, this week... We're taking the podcast to new heights by bringing you an interview with Ace Charter's longest-running staff member, Mr. Ian McGuire. Say hello, Mr. McGuire. Hey, how's everybody doing out there in the podcast-verse? <laughs> so for this interview, Ms. McGuire, we've crafted a bunch of questions that we think will allow you to take us on a ride through your mind. That's what we're all hoping for, a ride through the mind of Mr. McGuire. And so we're just going to jump right into it. Miles is going to get us started. All right. So, so the question I was thinking of before um, I want to ask you was, what's, with all this going on, what's trending in your life right now? Um, so as far as trending is concerned, um, like at our house right now, a, a big trend is uh, – to get your chores done and to make sure that you're getting your work and you have a sort of a routine. Uh, we find uh, right now that in, in our lives that, uh, on the weekends, if we sort of get caught up um, maybe with one thing or another and, and we don't really stick to our routine and we sort of um, um, blow it off, um, the, the beginnings of these weeks aren't, aren't, <laughs> aren't the same anymore. And so they're a little bit different. And so we're all trying to stay really busy. So, so then personally for me, uh, what's trending is um, apps made in Python because for me right now, I, I've had a big growth spurt of uh, creating my own executable applications that are uh, on, my on my laptop now. And um, for me, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so if you can all see my screen right now, so I'll, I'll just, I'll jump right into it right away with that just because for me, um, it was a cool thing. I, I maybe had shown a few of you my, my little uh, combinatorics calculator, but as far as like keeping up my skill sets and, and, and having people um, sort of um, keep thinking I'm viable, because as I get older, I want to keep my skill set rolling. Um, I, I, I saw making apps in Python programming language as a way for me to sort of um, really start to, and I don't mean to toot my own horn because I've seen uh, all of you do really, really exceptional things before, but to be impressive. And so if you look at my screen right now, these, these are my four apps that I have that, that, that I've made into uh, applications right now, although I have a few more. But um, one of them grabbing uh, combinatoric calculations for permutations or combinations, resetting it. Uh, pretty cool little app, a little math app. I even made a rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock app where you choose rock, paper, scissors, lizard, or Spock, and you uh, battle against the uh, computer. I, need, I still need to go in and change, actually. I, I keep saying this every time I show it off to somebody. I gotta go and change the, uh, the text. Um, here's my weather app. Like, I like that one. That, that was kind of a fun tutorial to follow, like Camarillo. Oh, sorry, spacebar here. Gives it to us, gives us a little icon. Gotta be kind of careful. I, I threw in the latitude and longitude because it started giving me some wonky places, like uh, hopefully you all know about Greenwich. Um, but most of you probably don't know about Greenwich, Connecticut. So when we click weather for Greenwich, it gives us uh, the Greenwich, weather, uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. So there's some, uh, some cool uh, things I can do with that poll. The coolest one I did, though, was uh, I found this, um, 
this cool little uh, application where you could pull up um, MP3 files out of a directory. So the directory opens, you choose your directory, I'm gonna choose documents, and when I do it, um, it gives us, it gives me my, uh, my MP3 up. Now, uh, the, the window of it, the top window of it is right where, hold on a second, let me see if I can hit Alt to make my, jeez, uh, uh, the, 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 the sharing bar at the top of the, of the screen. That doesn't matter, here we go, I'm gonna hit play. Can you guys hear that music coming? Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, I can yeah. hear it. So it goes through all the songs that are in that directory. Stop the music, play the music. So I, I, I gave it, um, you know, trying to decorate it a little bit. And so for me, um, I hate, I, I like to just have ways to play music without having to do all the custom, all that sort of stuff. And so this is why I made all these things. The next one I'm making is a YouTube downloader app. So I can just download YouTube videos. I've been doing it like crazy with some of my, um, with just some Python code that I have. But so that's what's trending for me is like making apps, like keeping my routine at the house, keeping the family going and stuff like that, and then making apps. That that's great. Yeah, that's awesome, Mr. McGuire. If um, you guys at home for our listeners, his screen is up. He's got multiple computer screens in the background things going all over the place. <laughs> Everything is animated. He has been the king of the virtual background from day one. Yesterday oh. in one of the meetings, he actually had a simulator of himself, you guys, because this was the, yesterday was Tuesday, right? So it was the, the 11th grade meeting, the junior meeting. And he has, as we all have our names and I have the ace charter symbol, when, you're, when you put up your, your uh, you, you take off your video, McGuire took off his video and had a replica of the screen. He was wearing the same shirt of that he had on in the picture. And so literally you did not know if he was sitting there except for the multiple times he would slip into the picture with his smirk on his face. And it was so hard to focus while Mr. Milton was talking and being very serious. But ladies and gentlemen, that's what's trending in, in Mr. McGuire's life. Um, Isaac, take us away. Mr. McGuire, any student that's have had your class before, we see you playing Pokemon Go, and during the breaks, you're in there with Smash Club, you're talking with the students, and I think what we want to know is, dude, are you a gamer? And if so, what games do you play? Yeah, that's a hard one, right? Because I have a lot of responsibilities, so I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not a gamer in that sense. Um, I, it's... It's hard for me to sit down and get through a couple hours of gaming. Um, I, I can do some of the driving games maybe, but I'm not actively um, sitting down at the Steam um, interface and trying to find games for me to play. That, that's my, my children, but when I was their age, I did, and I was frequently um, sleeping in the basement so that I could play Legend of Zelda or Super Mario Brothers or um, whatever it was. I grew up in California and got an NES, like two years after that, we moved to Canada, and so uh, we had a basement, and that was kind of like the, the, my, the brother's own. Me and my brother, we had free reign. There was a freezer down there and some other stuff, but we had this bed, couch, or this couch that folded out into a bed with a TV, and so we would just sit down there and play video games on like Tech Mobile. Oh my gosh, hours and hours of Tech Mobile. Really crappy 8-bit games that, you know, um, during that time were, were, were the premier things, right? I mean, people were getting other games, but you would play them, and you'd be like, these are like too slow or they're like, they're not, they're, they're trying to be 3d realistic, but it's not, it was nothing like what they have today. And so it was, um, it was, it was what you had to deal with. So as far as gaming is concerned, no, but, 
Um, I am an active, um, you know, promoter of students making games, and I'm also an active uh, promoter of people making apps and learning programming that way. And a lot of students approach it in the sense of games. So I end up mentoring a lot of students on games, game making, um, and yet uh, I don't find myself sitting for hours and hours in front of a game. You know what I used to do when the boys were first born is I used to sit on my computer and play like a Nintendo uh, 64 on my little uh, the Project N64. I have it on a, I have it on a, a flash drive somewhere. I, I literally have it's like an emulator, right? So I could sit at my grandmother's computer when I when we go to visit her with the boys when they were first born. I pop onto her laptop, plug in my uh, flash drive, and I'd be able to play that. So I'd be able to play, but I play like Excite Bike, you know, sixty four, like Super Mario sixty four. Nothing where I had to put a lot of time into it. I mean, I, I remember the painstakingly long hours I spent trying to figure out Zelda, and uh, you know, I, I, my brother told told me a story that I I didn't know about before because my dad um, I was in the military and he would. Um, go at nights when he was an officer and uh, go to Golden Gate University up in uh, San Mateo somewhere, north, north of uh, Mountain View, um, uh, military base I grew up on. And uh, he would go to uh, master's uh, classes for negotiations and contracting. Um, so he'd come home at night all spun out like from you know, doing his academics and stuff and he'd sit down at the computer, or I'm sorry, at my, uh, at my Nintendo and play Zelda. Uh, and uh, my brother remembers waking up in the middle of the night and, and seeing my dad down there sitting there playing Zelda, trying to finish Zelda multiple times, you know. Uh, this is the 80s too, right? So it's so like my dad's sitting there with like a big old crystal like um, um, uh, cigarette ashtray, right? With mm -hmm. full packs of Marlboro Lights or Marlboros or whatever it was. It was Marlboros and then went to Marlboro Lights. But, uh, and, um, you know, he'd just sit there doing it. So it's somewhat in the blood a little bit. Now, I will wholeheartedly admit I am addicted to Pokemon Go. I am addicted to that game. There is no problem for me to say that. I, a long, long time ago, I sat with some friends over in Camarillo. And we all sat around while we were playing this. And I had to, I had to really admit it. And, and it, was a, it was good for me to admit because what I realized was it was something that I, I actually need in my life. And, and, and it's the way that other people need other things. And I just happened to find a medium where I can meet an, a, an extremely eclectic group of people that all have this common goal towards, for me, it's digital signatures of like specific Pokemon, everything from size to height to whatever. Um, I look for special things in the game, like, like, like certain number um, um, patterns that would only show up, you know, probabilistically uh, never. And so I, I grab those and I, and I hold on to them. I have like little trophy Pokemon that are like, like all my, all my 10, 10, 10, like all my attack 10, defense 10, and um, um, HP 10, like, like the stamina. Right? Those are my 67%. I love those things. Those are like 100% to me. Okay? And then I have all my 100% IV Pokemon, and I max them all out. And then like, uh, right now we have remote rating because of uh, what's going on at the houses, but you can only have a limited amount of remote raids, raid passes in your um, deck. Um, so like today I, I raided sitting right here. I was able to raid the collection, and me and my friends um, communicated on Discord. So, I mean, that's, that's gamer-ish. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's taking on an evolution itself, um, everything that's been implemented in the game. And so uh, that's what keeps me going and fresh, I feel like, with my approach to the way I mentor students in their games. So one of my biggest questions for students when they're making games is how, is, or, or how are um, seemingly easy games to play hard to program? And, and, and that's, a, that's a really fun um, sort of activity. You have students that 
uh, play games that they think are easy to play. These are easy to play. Yeah, but to get the environment to do exactly what it's doing takes a little bit more. And so um, that, that sort of pushes them and drives them. And unfortunately, I, I end up using Pokemon Go as a really good example of, 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 of how to sort of um, um, approach the dynamics and the evolution of a game. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I guess, I guess, I, I guess am, I a, am I a mobile gamer? Or am I just addicted to Pokemon Go? I mean, so you're a level 40 Pokemon Go player, right? I'm level 40 like four times over because I have over 80 million XP. So, yeah, I've earned enough XP to, 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 to go level 40 for four people. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare you really quick and then and, and we're going to move on to myself. And I definitely love video games. I have apps. I have um, PS4. I've had consoles growing up. We're going to get into my... I always challenge everybody with some questions on video games and where they're from, although you've already named one of them. So I'm, it's hysterical to hear um, one of the examples that you gave. But that being said, um, last night I had went out and probably played for maybe like three hours. I was online and I was playing uh, Laura Croft. I was playing Tomb Raider. Oh, that was and like your favorite game or something, wasn't it? It was the best. It was the best. And, and some of the ones that are out there now, you know, you go back in, there's so many more challenges and so many more things that you could do and, and, and make the game so much better than it is. But that being said, my point is, I still think even though I played last night for a bunch of hours and probably the night before, maybe even the night before, I think I would call myself a gamer and you play games more than I do. So I think, dude, you're a gamer. Yeah, you can't you be know, like kind of a gamer. Right, yeah, guys? I, mean, I mean, I, th I think that I think that I think the bias comes from um, my 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 clientele, right? So, like my 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 initial, I think, bias and and maybe a self-deprecating view that I'm not a gamer. It comes from like what I see my students able to do as far as gaming is concerned. Like everything from understanding how a, a, a an Xbox controller works. Like I, I'm not gonna lie to you all, man. This this and multiple like like this way and this way i'm like True. i played i played fortnite i was staring at the ground the whole time i'm like what do i do yeah. like I, and and it takes a lot of focus and a lot of like effort to do what gamers do and so i don't discount that i i, I swipe my phone and walk places i mean i'm <laughs> I, i'm really good at throwing an excellent throw and i can get them like 10 times in a row on a legendary uh, raid boss or something like that but I couldn't, I couldn't do a 360 game like that forever, dude. No way. That's awesome. So let's talk about that for a second because that's a perfect segue into our next question, everybody, which revolves around going down the path of guess which console these games are from, traveling down a bit of my own Mr. Clausy's um, history of gaming. And so I challenge the boys weekly to a couple of games. I throw them out there, and we see who can name the console that those games come from. Cool. So um, last week they were stuck on pole position. <laughs> what? Ah, uh -huh. okay. So I will tell you guys, um, Tecmo Super Bowl was one of my games for this week. Um, instead of asking which console the game is from, I'll ask who were the two combination players in that game that you could always score a touchdown with no matter who you were playing against? Come on, dude. Oh, are they answering? No, I was, I mean, I, I do. You oh guys yeah. Know? Bo Jackson, was, Bo Jackson. Bo. Bo was right? great. Bo was great. Oh, he wasn't, he wasn't one of them. Huh? Oh yeah. No, Bo, Bo, absolutely. Oh, oh. And I thought, uh, I thought it was like Bo Jackson and like, um, 
shoot, it was either like Jerry Rice or yeah. or or somebody else because the, like those players were too fast or whatever like in the yeah. game and like Bo Jackson could always shake somebody off. Yeah, Bo had like the most the the highest statistics in order to, or, or or whatever it was acronyms in order to be able to like be the best player all around. Yeah. And yeah. uh, Joe Montana to Jerry Rice combination was just like unbeatable every single time, no matter who you were playing. If you were the 49ers, you were definitely going to win. Yeah, um, and I grew I, – I, I was born in Santa Clara, uh, and, I, and I grew up on Moffitt Field, which is like, like five minutes from where the new uh, 49ers stadium is. So I, I, was a, I was a Joe Montana kid from the, from the time I was born pretty much. Right on, right on. All right, so we got, we got the first one there. It was a little bit of a softball. Let's get right into it, you guys. Are you ready? First one. Cubert. You mean with the Q? With a Q. Uh, wasn't that originally arcade game, but then moved to NES? It was definitely arcade. It was definitely arcade. I'll give you arcade to start out with. Absolutely. Cubert was a little bit before NES. We're going into Atari. Atari, like 3500 or something like that? Yes. Oh. Um, it sounds like everything was on the Atari. I mean, Atari is where they it tried. Was Yeah. Yeah, they tried. It all started. Here, here, I'm just like trying to think of the gameplay for Cubert and how it's like the 3D jumping from the different like blocks. And I'm like, how would you program that for the Atari? Up, down, left, uh, up, up, down, left, and right. Yeah, it was a joystick. It was just a joystick. Yeah, Atari no, was no, a joystick. Not like that, but I mean like physically because I try to think about it and like the very pixely graphics that it had. Uh, it's a so it's a uh, it's it's like a it's like a graph essentially, and the uh, Hubert can hop to the, the 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 sprite hops to all the different spots. So if you took away like the three dimensional viewpoint of it, it's just a bunch of spaces where the sprites jump into in a two dimensional space. Cool. All right, let's go to the second one. Double Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> the Double Dragon was originally an arcade game. Correct. And Double Dragon went to NES. And then What's they had about? Double Dragon what? 2 and then Double Dragon 3. Yeah. So Double Dragon, you could play as one player, and it was two guys, uh, but you could play as one player, and I believe that the, the, the computer would be the other guy for you or something like that. Uh, yes. And then, like, two, two people could jump in, and so somebody could grab the control at any point and hit, like, start or B or something like that, and you'd become the, the other guy. Yeah. Um, and, and you go – and it's like, the, it's like the old X-Men Capcom game, guys, where, like, uh, the four uh, – four, um, the four X-Men or whatever walking along, they come across a bunch of uh, things and you just automatically face off. You don't have to, you, you don't really move around too much. You know, you just have to like beat them up, whoever walks up to you. And then someone made a movie about it. I remember that, the Double Dragon movie. <laughs> Dude, there were some bad movies. Mortal Kombat, original Mortal Kombat was uh, like bad, I think too. I heard there's a new Mortal Kombat. Movie? Yes. Mm. New Mortal Kombat, you guys. It's out there. I mean, I know if, if, if they like, if they, nah, I don't know. I mean, you could screw it up and get the guy who's in Sonic for it or something like that. <laughs> so, all right. Third one. It's going to get a little challenging. We're going to take it up to the next level. Are you ready? Let's roll. S Spy Hunter. Um, Spy Hunter? I can tell by McGuire's look that he knows it and he's just getting you guys time as this is a definite um, Atari sounds like a safe bet. Back. I think Spy Hunter might have been a little too complicated for Atari. Wasn't that like the James Bond? Like, wasn't it based off of like James Bond? I can't remember, but I remember the Spy Hunter was based off of 
So I'm guessing I'm gonna just take a take a gash at it. Maybe NES, I would think. Well, it was originally an arcade game, though. I feel like you everything was in originally it. an arcade game. It was bad. I was like uh, when I was a, a kid living on the military base, there was a uh, old caboose that was converted into a Mountain Mike's pizza. And on the back side of it was video games. You could go and get cheese sticks for two seventy-five. Use the other two twenty-five for playing video games. Except the Sega motorcycle game in there cost fifty cents. But um, no, no, but nobody ever played that game. Everybody went to, went to go play um, went to go play uh, like uh, Rampage or uh, oh, great game or Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter was like one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, Spy Hunter is a good one. You so guys. Spy Hunter was arcade game, and then actually, I I I I'm gonna have to guess that it went to NES. Yeah, it was I think it's too advanced for Atari. Um, it was also another one of those arcade games that you sat in and you actually were like in this replica vehicle thing. Like cruising um, the world. Yeah. Yeah. So those have been around all the time, the games you sit in, huh? Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really just a, a cabinet that stores a screen, right? And then your, your joystick, I suppose, is just, is, is just designed differently. Um, you, could, right. you couldn't you couldn't like make out with your girlfriend in them or anything like that like it was it wasn't like a room or something like that you had to like you squeezed into it and you know uh what, what would just happen is you would end up like sort of arcade style blackout and like next thing you know you have no money and you're just like what just happened it's like well it's a dollar 25 for every role in this uh cabinet game or something yeah like that. yeah like cru- it, cruising the world man it was it was the beginning of the end there when it went up to 50 cents i agree with you um all right so let's do one more. I won't go back as far. So this one is the fairest of them all for everybody here. Let's see who can get this one first. Are we ready? Oh, yeah. Ready. Yep. Crash Bandicoot. Crash oh, Bandicoot. PlayStation. Oh, dang. That's mm. PlayStation. You got it first. It's PlayStation. That was definitely PlayStation. I wanted to give you guys one that was in a little bit more your time. Hey, um, can, we, can we do a bonus round? I got a bonus round for you all. Let's hear it. NHL 94. Is that the one where you could take the skate off and make Gretzky bleed? No. No, that was Blades of Steel. Yeah, yeah, Blades of Steel. So Blades of Steel, I'll tell you, was an NES game. I used to play that game quite a bit. So there's your little hint, but NHL 94. Wait, NHL, like the the ice hockey one? Yeah. That was Sega, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good job, guys. Way to get the bonus. It came out for the Sega CD, too. Oh, it did? Guy? Oh, man. Yeah. And it had I a would PC sit, release. I would sit there for hours uh, when we did the retro pie, right? And I have that operating system. I would sit there for hours at my uh, TV here and play um, NHL 94 with my Xbox or my son's Xbox controller. It was awesome. Nice. So thanks for taking us down that ride um, of some, some gaming knowledge of the past. Which leads us directly to our next question. It is the question I think everybody is a little bit jealous that Bradley gets to ask. So, Bradley, without further ado, let's hear it, my man. All right. So, I heard you had difficulty operating the controls in Fortnite, right? You know, looking at the multiple axes you had to navigate to complete that game, right? So, yes. we've talked about this several times, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. Um, is esports an actual sport? So um, here's how I sort of define sports versus like, I want to say that there's other things that require um, mental stamina that I would have to then like counter uh, ask about like things like chess or things like um, 
maybe things possibly that, uh, um, you know, just weird, um, like pool. Does pool end up being a game or, or, or billiards is what I mean. Um, so, yeah, well, so, so, so golf, I, I kind of see a strength thing there, right? Like, like we've got a bunch of students that if we started doing some strength, like testing with their arms based off of like them gaming and stuff, like I imagine there would be some weird patterns we would see just based off of them, the, what they do with their, with their hands and the controllers and whatnot. But, um, I, I'd be hard pressed to say that like their upper torso or like their aerobic uh, ability or, or I'm sorry, their, their aerobic exercises is, is happening that, that they actually need in order to, 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 I would say, fall it into a category of sports. Because when you say that you're going to go, Oh, I do sports. I'm on a sports team. People are like, you must be really fit and you must be like getting a, a workout along. And the deal is that with esports. I think that esports has to almost be its own category in the sense that there's a mental strain on you. And in fact, the culture within esports needs to promote physical activity inter, to, inter, uh, uh, in between these times of um, actual gaming. Um, so it's, 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 it's a different type of preparation, if you will, because if you are an esport, let's say you're a pro esports uh, player and you get sponsorships and you make enough money to, 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 to live your living, okay? Um, there, there, there's a, a general sense that you would want to actively stay um, fit and, and have your shoulders back. So you you know, as you grow, maybe you had some more growth spurts to go, your, your chest doesn't grow caved in or something like that. Or you, uh, are, aren't able to walk up or down your stairs without like completely losing your breath and almost passing out or something like that. Like those types of things, I just feel like, um, can't be passed over and have somebody say, well, I do esports. Oh man, you're good then. Don't, don't worry about anything. You must, you must, you must, you must, you must be really athletic or something. And I, and I think that just esports category, the, sport, the category of esports need to be more in the sense of like mental strain. Because what happens is when my kids play video games for a couple hours straight and then they come off, they're emotional or they have some other like reaction or, or they have some sort of a, maybe it's a positive reaction. And, but, but, but generally they have all this energy, sort of different type of energy to build up because they haven't been using that energy. Um, the video games are also stimulating um, production of certain types of chemicals in your brain because your brain feels like, hey, we're, we're doing something here. We're going. And I just feel like that if we really want to call it like a, an eSports and have it maybe possibly get the respect of a sport, it, and, and that's where we would start to be able to say, of course, eSports is a sport. There has to be some sort of a cultural, um, almost like um, creed or like, code that everybody in esports lives by that everybody really tries to stretch and stay active and stuff like that because unfortunately people are going to say esports is not a sport and it's because they're going to characterize most esports pro players as people that have bad posture uh possibly are are, are unhealthy um possibly don't get outside enough haven't been getting enough vitamin d and people will be really critical and so the only way to really gain a respect so that you can say yeah but i do esports and that's a sport people have to be able to go well um you know, are, are you an active, I don't know, do you actively take care of yourself? And so I, I guess it just as a parent and a teacher, I start to like critically look at the idea of esports only because people can get scholarships to school now. Um, you know, people want to uh, form esports teams and then the requirements on the team has to be like that you just have good grades or something like that or, 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 or whatnot. And I just feel like there needs to be something a little bit more to it if we are going to succumb some of our young people as this movement moves on to to just on a regular basis forego any kind of physical activity to practice your esports i need four to five hours of practice a day well that, that's unhealthy uh, and, I'll, and i'll be the first one to just say it 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's just unhealthy for you to spend that much time practicing. And then when is the enjoyment going to happen? Or, 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 so I just, I feel like there has to be this extreme balance if you really want to call esports a sport in order to gain respect. Now, I don't know that you have to explain that to everybody when you say, well, I do esports. That's a sport. Um, but it's a, it's a tough call for me to put it in that same category. Although coming from me and I'm telling you right now, I recognize it as a mental strain. And so I definitely think there are um, certain aspects to um, give, I don't know, give, give, give support to that we do for, for our athletes as well. Yeah. I, I, it's an interesting take on it. I appreciate the insight because I asked the boys this um, a couple of weeks ago and, and they were kind of along the same lines that you were where, you know, there, there's no physical exertion, but then they were talking about how sometimes there is. And, you know, if you're playing a game and it's super intense and, and you're playing it and, and you're in the game for quite a while. And as I know, some of these environments will foster. And, and so there is this a little bit of endurance that I guess we're starting to see. Um, you know, this is irregardless to your like virtual reality games, of course, where you are running and you are interacting and things like that, I guess some, somewhat, you know? Yeah, but possibly, uh, possibly for, for, for funding or for school activities and stuff like that, there could be a man within the team. There's a, a, a minimum amount of time on the, okay. I used to have this crazy idea all about making a gym that was all centered around gaming. And you would earn points towards like stuff in the gym or something like that. And you would go there and you'd have to physically exert yourself a little bit to get it, right? But you'd have trainers there that have been people and everybody would tell you not to overdo it. But over a period of time, you could gain a whole bunch of like cool little benefits by, by, by doing well in the gym and working out. Or possibly sit at like a, a, a machine and it only works when you're generating some sort of like the, the, the movement, right? So let's say it's a row machine. As you start rowing, there's like some sort of a... Um, um, signal that's going and all of a sudden you get your i don't know jojo anime or something like that or some video yeah. game or something like that or maybe maybe the video game's hooked up to the row and like and like all of a sudden there's somebody who's rowing against you and you're rowing against the computer or something like that i mean <clears throat> i i definitely think that's a that's a discussion that um we're being forced to have now with regards to where esports um or what part esports will play in our school um and so since we're flipping the switch and talking about schools, Miles, why don't you take us away with the next question? All right. So next question yeah, has to do with, um, with schooling a little bit. So what, what do you think about, about the online version, the online platform of teaching versus the way that we had before face-to-face? -face? Like, which do you prefer? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still out on this. Um, I, I don't know that I have a preference right now. I mean, obviously not being able to be with my students on a regular basis, uh, is something that, um, it just, it, it affects you for sure, especially after 15, 16 years of being in the classroom with students all the time. So, um, you know, <laughs> do I, um, do I prefer, I don't prefer it either. Like, I, I prefer this if we're safe. I prefer this if everybody is um, going to not just take things nonchalantly. I get scared. I mean, I, I'm scared for Joe sometimes, and I'm scared for myself sometimes. Um, you know, I have family uh, health issues that, like, just freak me out anxiety-wise. Um, 
and you know I'm, I'm i'm good with it most times and 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 i can i can i can talk about it and and talk about like you know how to keep yourself safe but when we talk about us all being safe i prefer whichever method that is so i i i i I would say that at the college, it's, it's more difficult just because I'm doing full lectures, right? I'm doing full lectures like video-wise. Um, with, with the high school uh, at ACE here, it's a little bit easier because I'm doing these um, share screen and, and I'm working through tutorials and um, I'm able to pause recording and, and move through. And I am as well with the, with the, with the college. It's just um, I'm, I'm having to do like full like, like two-hour recording almost, you know, at least my two-hour classes are, are lasting about an hour, hour and 15 in, in, in videos and whatnot. But... Um, I, you know, it's, it's a bummer for them. I mean, they, they rarely contact me. I, I keep on telling them, send me messages and, and whatnot. And, uh, mm. I just, I just have to assume that like my assessments I'm giving them and the work that I'm giving them, they're able to find resources in order to learn how to do it. Most of them have. And, mm -hmm. and I did actually have the best trigonometry class I've had in years over at the college this, this semester. I mean, I had 2,100% on my test too. And that does not happen in my classes. Awesome. And I, awesome. Yeah. And I, and I, I had alternate version tests going throughout the class as well. So, um, so I, I just, I don't, I don't have a preference. I, what I prefer is I prefer us to be safe. I mean, in the future, what I could see beneficial is, is a, a, a hybrid style where, where certain classes could be taught online. And so you could reduce a student's schedule so that you could have fewer students on campus simultaneously um, um, to, to keep us all safe and, and, and then meet regularly with students. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I see how that's going to not work for just some families. And the, the bigger issue for me, ultimately, with all of this is that when we choose some sort of a change, there needs to be a, a, a bottom up thought process of who this is really affecting from students and then to their families and then the teachers and then everybody else who's going to make decisions. And unfortunately, those decisions are going to be made top down. And I don't know that like the implications of what sounds like a great idea to somebody in Sacramento is going to be great for somebody's house here in Oxnard. And that's just a, a reality of, of demographics, uh, of, of life choices, of so many different things. And, and I just, I, I, I have a lot of optimism because of, of the team I'm surrounded by at ACE and, and, and because of the students I see at Oxnard College. But I, I start to lose a little bit of, of, of hope sometimes when I think like, like what Oxnard colleges or what, I'm sorry, what Oxnard union high school district is telling their students or their teachers where they're just telling them prepare for next year and we're going to do some sort of a form of hybrid and they don't tell them anything else. And so, um, you know, I, I'm hearing from teacher friends around that, that they're just, they're freaking out because they don't know what to expect. And you know, the old saying goes, and this goes back to the fact that I'm surrounded by a really awesome team at ACE, but sometimes you can't teach an old dog a new trick. And what that really means is that, People that are ingrained in their ways and have been going a certain direction forever and they have their system set down, when all of a sudden you tell them that you need to change, sometimes there's resistance and that resistance usually leads to, unfortunately, um, 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 detriment to the students and to the clientele, whoever, whoever they're serving. And yeah. so uh, I just, uh, I don't have a preference. I, I, what, I, what I prefer is us to be safe. Uh, of course, I would rather see you all on a regular basis. Um, but hopefully everybody's getting a new opportunity to, to reevaluate their whole scenario and their, and their, and their people and their, their, their families and stuff. And, and, and really, I don't know too much about stuff like this, but like if, if, if stuff were to get super bad, like I don't see how um, or, or, or why a government wouldn't be able to somehow like rate or, or lower our rent prices or somehow rent prices come down because what's going to start to happen is we're going to start to need families to be a little bit more involved with students. 
if, if we're all going to be home a little bit more, um, like what I'm sort of suggesting might happen in the future. And so, um, because, you know, just like the experts are saying, what happens when we fix this one, but then the next one shows up? Are we going to be prepared again? Or are we just going to fix this one? And then start to be like, oh, remember when it was a pandemic last year? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't want us to think like that. Like when everybody says it's not going to be different anymore, in my mindset, I'm thinking that's what they're talking about. That from now on, we need to be thinking that this could happen at any point and that somebody that's overly sneezing or coughing could actually have something that could kill you possibly. And, and that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a crappy way to think about it. But at the same time, like, I, I, again, I, I prefer us all to be safe and I prefer us to be smart about it. And, you know, I don't need to be scared of people and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, until we figure things out and have vaccines down and have preparedness on levels that make me feel comfortable, it's always going to be the back of my mind. You know, I, I really appreciate your answer there, Ian. I know this is really hard for, for all of us. Um, I know that the boys and I, when we were trying to think of questions, um, we wanted to give you an opportunity to, you know, this entire time to let everybody know what they would get if they were able to sit in your class. Because I do think it's one of the most special things that kids get to do at the school. So, you know, thank you for, for having the lens being able to see it through all of ours with the concern that you have. Um, and we are working on some big things that I do feel like will um, make monumental changes in education as you know, John and I really haven't been um, sleeping on account of the fact that we realize what we've been working on for months before all this happened is actually perfectly aligned <laughs> with what we're all into now. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about this um, moving forward, but I, I definitely appreciate your, your response. Miles, you get the award for bringing out the most emotion in Mr. McGuire so far. Um, Isaac, take us away. So Mr. McGuire, you're the computer science department head at Ace Charter High School. Yep. So how has computer science, networking, technology as a whole played a part in your life? I mean, I know we've seen some of the apps that you've developed so far for your Internet of Things class, but how else has it affected you since all of this, since all of us have gone on shelter in place? Well, I will say that the life of a YouTube star is completely overrated. <laughs> and the reason why is because I spend way too much time editing. Now, I realize that if I was making a bunch of money, I could pay an editor to edit my videos or teach Lucas how to do it or something like that. Lucas is my 11 year old son. But, um, you know, um, the way it's changed is that I, I've, I've had to really embrace this, um, this mode of screen capture, finding things online, throwing links out to my students where those were things I was doing in class in real time with you all. And for me, um, there's a little bit of, of, of loss there in the sense that I, I provide uh, my materials to the students. Um, I, I get a little bit of interaction. If I do a live thing, I get Sean and maybe Walter <laughs> and everybody else. And, and I actually put on the message, right? Everybody else is sleeping. You can watch this later. It's no problem. But, you know, um, you know having, having, having that, that, I don't know, that, that direct um, contact um, is, is missed when we had so much to do. Like for me, technology and everything else, like I'm trying to find stuff online to mimic what we were doing in the classroom. Um, and it's impossible when it comes down to like um, certain projects and so, um, and everybody having the tools that they need. So for me, 
it, it, it really comes down to what can I do with my Chromebook? Cause I have to make sure that whatever I can do, my students can do. Uh, then what can I do to inspire them as far as like creating apps or trying to, uh, build things or, or show my show my computer science principal students how to uh, actively go through their curriculum and 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 create the programs that you're supposed to create uh, online a little bit more fast like I would have spent time reading all that material with them and going over it bit by bit but now uh, I'm showing them look we, we don't have time to go bit by bit and so I want you to read through all of this but at the same time notice what we're, what we're trying to get to we're trying to get down here and so I'm sort of like showing them how to be more efficient in their process of getting their work done yeah. so um, you know all these students have like different classes to work on and they all have a different amount of work in all those classes and Mr. Clausen gave us mandates of how much work to give each class and so students are trying to meet those requirements well you know after a while you get some students saying this is a lot like my friends aren't having to do nearly as much and I'm going well your friends are, are on some stupid program and they're barely learning and so um, th that challenge to meet our students uh, sort of interest to, to, to keep them going uh, with everything that's online and only online stuff is is it's 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 my challenge it's it's my it's you know Wendy Renteria our English t teacher has been my lightning rod during this time yeah like I'll get emotional again because there are days when I'm trying to finish up videos and, and reviews for the college and I'm trying to do everything else and I think about PPS and I, I just have to me and Wendy we added each other to our PPS a long time ago and we follow the same sort of guideline uh, the the same uh, guide for the curriculum and what we're supposed to hit as far as topics and stuff like that and just to see the, the the new apps and the new things that she uses in her class is like this heaven sent for me because it's like I'm uh, it's like I'm co-teaching with her without having to be in direct contact with her on a regular basis which is really nice um, and she just has this um, she has this maturity about her with her teaching style that 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 she's been my lightning rod on some on a lot of days when I when I'm looking to see just I, I, I feel at a loss. I'm looking at the assignment I'm supposed to give them and I just don't feel like it's genuine. I don't feel like it's what I want them to do right then. And I look over at uh, Miss Renteria's and she's got this cool little like app where they, they, they read this article that sort of zooms them through and ask a few questions and it pertains to what's going on right now. And I just feel like that's awesome. Like I just wasn't able to come up with that. But like, you know, so I, I'm, I'm hindered by the fact that me trying to pursue all these things and keep my students on my pathway engaged while at the same time trying to still hit all the same things I was able to do when I was at ACE. Now, if you ask me why you're not able to do them at home I, when you're able to do them at ACE, it's because we're all at home. So yeah. even though if I put time aside, there's still time when I'm pulled away. There's still time that I'm, I'm, I'm researching at night or something and there's just something that needs to be done at the house, um, or, uh, just whatever. And so like having that time when I'm actually at ACE and forcing myself to do all my work and get everything centered and, and set up, um, you know, th there's a balance there. So I, yeah. I am though finding immense success, right? I've got my freshman programming in Arduino and, and creating projects on Tinkercad. I've got my uh, juniors finishing up uh, their projects and um, creating websites and actually doing a little RSA um, uh, encryption on uh, with Python. And then I've got uh, the seniors just, actually, I think I told you guys to like build something. I, and, I, and I said, choose like one of the modalities online, like Tinkercad or here or follow this tutorial for here. And I think I, I shared a bunch of my code and stuff like that and told you guys to go nuts and just try to create something. I mean, you know, um, so trying to trying trying to just keep everybody engaged. I don't know. It's still it's my challenge, even though I'm just telling you what I just did. And so everybody's like, well, you sounds like you're doing just fine. Yeah, sure. But in the back of my mind, I'm still like, I got to keep them going. This is not enough. And so like, I just know that like, I know where I'm at. And yeah. so like, I'm trying to get my students to the same spot.
because right now I feel like I'm learning. I feel like I do a lot of stuff. I feel like I'm learning more about how to teach my, my calculus and trigonometry even. Like I just have a lot, I have a lot of, you know, reflection time. So awesome. I don't know if I answered your question there, Isaac, but like, you know. But. I think, I think he did. And, and I, I think, I think you also, it segues perfectly into this next part because, you know, you're, you're using it for engagement purposes. We're trying not to allow it. Um, we want it to, to be as engaging and realistic and lifelike as possible and, and purposeful as possible. And so right now we have a couple of things on our plate with regards to graduation and there's actually two choices. Um, I'll bring up the first one, then Miles, you could bring up the second one. Um, the, the first one is a drive-through style graduation, right? Um, the specifics we've yet to figure out, but we're talking about cars six feet apart, one car per family, quick ceremony because can't have people get out, can't have people use public restrooms, et cetera. So there's a lot of ironing out um, what a drive-through graduation would look like, or Miles, tell them the other idea. And the other idea would be having the graduation virtually. So the boys are working on the Minecraft idea. Um, I know Malcolm, just before I got on this podcast with you guys, I was talking to him. I was on calls with um, board members, with John, with STS. We're looking for support on a number of different levels. Um, and so these guys are talking about the potentials of doing a Minecraft. So the question that I have for you is, which is your preference? What's your take on these two graduation ideas? So I think that, um, so I, th I think the Minecraft idea sounds cool. Um, you know, there's, there would be a, a learning curve, obviously, for some people, uh, just for people who don't know. And then you're going to get, um, you know, possibly some students that, you know, I don't think it's dumb or something like that. Um, I did read in the star that the other high schools were trying to do something virtual where they were going to have pictures of students and then have them like, I don't know, I don't know if they were going to have them drop in or, or, or something like that. They were talking about something. Yeah, video. I think a, produ a produced video. OUHSD's got a really nice video production company that they've been affiliated with that kind of animates all their messages. And so I think that would be the same style of a graduation that they deliver as well. Yeah. And, um, and everybody gets to watch virtually, I guess, or something like that. Right. And so everybody gets to celebrate from home as they announce their name. Um, I don't even know if it's a live scenario or if it's all just like pre-recorded and then distributed. Okay, so I guess my question uh, would be because um, um, so we'd have a month, right, to get this down um, if you want to do it on our actual graduation day. Now, um, if you push it back because of, like, technology and issues and stuff like that uh, for the Minecraft, cool. Um, I, I, I mean, preference-wise, gosh. I, I don't I don't I don't know because the driving one is is a uh, it's a weird one to me a little bit still, mm. and and the only the only reason is uh, I mean how many okay I, I guess how many cars is it right like how many how many how many senior cars is it fifty five so 
and then probably staff, but we're only gonna allow one family, one car per family. Yeah, so uh, I, I, guess, I guess my weird part about it is that I just think about, uh, I think about where all the cars come in and then circle around and then what, what, what do we have as, like, far as, as far as the ceremony or do we just like, uh, you just hand it to them and then that's it? Yeah, I mean, we, we can't have people there long enough because they'd have to use restrooms and things like that and I don't want anybody getting out. As it is, hey. I don't even know what I would give them or how I would give it to them unless it, the kids got up, got out, took it off the table. I stood behind them. They stood in front of me. If you took a picture in, directly in front of us, it would look like we were standing next to each other. Now that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, you, you know, mean perception. Like you, you, you. Uh, we could have you stand downwind, so so only whatever. So the wind would be at your back or whatever, right? Yeah. So whatever, and then uh, they could stand in front of you at a distance, and then you, the, somebody could take a picture from a distance, and they could just get their their diploma, and um, that'd be. That'd be kind of interesting. Now, the Minecraft piece of this, um, can you hear microphone audio in Minecraft ever, y'all? So the way these guys are talking about doing it, and I don't, I don't, I don't know, Isaac, Bradley, Miles, tell me if I'm, if I'm off on this, but in the crash course of the education I just got, apparently we could do that. We could, we could have everything be hosted through Minecraft. Okay, that, that sounds what do you do? You guys agree with that, um, Bradley and Isaac? Is that is that true? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Way, I hold think we just need to do it through a external app application like Skype, Zoom, Hangouts, Discord, some other voice app along with Minecraft. Uh huh. And then we would just live stream it and put it out like through Twitch, and everybody would be able to have access through the event. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, there's like multiple ways to have our voice come through the Minecraft thing. Like it doesn't have to natively be Minecraft. We can always have something running in the background. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like McGuire's on the fence, which is interesting as well. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like I, th I think that my deal with it is, is that like uh, doing the, um, doing the Minecraft sounds really fun. Right. Um, you know, it's, it sounds fun. Uh, I just don't know. Um, I just don't know if everybody else is going to think it's fun. I don't know if everybody else would rather, I mean, you're, you probably, it'd probably behoove you to go ahead and do maybe a, possibly a survey, uh, or, or have we been doing surveys this week in those class meetings? We were, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, possibly be a little bit more uh, serious about it next time to, to, to see what, the, what, what, what they're into, or what, the, oh, the seniors, right? They already had it on Monday. What did they say? Um, there were a couple that voiced a negative opinion about it, um, because they felt like it was lame. It was, it, it was like just not what they were hoping it would be, but they're also discrediting the fact that, you know, you'll have a regular ceremony. We will still graduate when the dust settles. However, we could figure out that to be, and yeah. we're safe enough to be around each other. Right. So it's not like we're going to disregard graduation altogether. Um, and so with that lens, I think some of the students were still like, no, I want to do the drive-through. That's at least like personal. Um, so we were talking about hosting the awards night through the platform of uh, Minecraft. And then possibly that would free the time up within the agenda. As you can remember, our graduations usually revolve around quite a bit of the time spent on giving out awards. So if we gave them out in a, in a virtual setting, then we could probably, probably pull off it's really just 
everybody's standing in a circle with their headlights on for light. You know, we could do it midnight so nobody knows, things like that. Like, get, get kind of cool about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's the only other obstacle, I think, is that uh, you have a trail of cars coming into our parking lot like that or something like that. I don't know who the hell or who the heck is going to drive over and be like, Woo! Yeah, uh, gathering yeah. police here. Uh, what you think you're doing? We might have to call it in or something like that, or double check with somebody. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, I. How about this? I'm. I'm. I'm down for either. I'm uh, the award ceremony virtually in Minecraft sounds great because um, even if there's even if it's just like five negative about the, the the graduation, I can understand them wanting to be personal about it. But I could also see us extending that little what you're talking about the drive-through thing mm -hmm. for another month or so then. You know, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. like, like, like past our graduation day, because possibly it's not the time yet to go ahead and have everybody even driving up next to each other. Right. So. Right. Cause it just takes that one. Yeah. No, I would, I would, I'm going to. So, so I'm just, I'm just, and, and, and really what is it? What is that drive through anyways? Just to get their diploma. Yes. Correct. So, um, I, so I, I guess my, my, my sort of thoughts are evolving on it to like an award ceremony in line with it and the Minecraft graduation for people who want to participate and then just have some drive through and we don't really have to have it all be super, uh, whatever, just be handing out your diplomas and just quick picture. I mean, we could get dressed up in our gowns, I guess, or something like that, or you could or whatever. Okay. Okay. So as always, we appreciate the insight, um, to keep it moving. We're going to let miles take the questioning on a different path and we're going to have a little fun here so miles take us away all right so so with the with the senior class week we've had you we've had you for pretty much all four years since we've been at ace mm -hmm. um so i just wanted to, i just want your opinion on superlatives for the class like like you know a couple of a couple of fun superlatives for a couple students. Um, okay. You know, pe people aren't going to be happy with this, Miles. People are going to be like, "He likes you better." <laughs> I know it's like we're put, I know we're kind of putting you on the spot, but it's like it's it's an interesting question that we know the answer to. Okay, so roll through. Let's do. Them. All right. Okay, so the first first one would be most improved. Senior. Yes. See, you hit me with the one that everyone's going to be like, oh, he doesn't think I improved. Everybody. Um, most improved. Okay, you want to know what? I'm going to give it to Cody McCall. Because for me, uh, Cody, a long time ago, um, you know, um, was just, uh, I don't need to give you too much information. Cody McCall. He's, he's, he, he's been doing so great, and me and him are on a level right now. I respect that guy as a man. Awesome. Cody McCall, right. shout out to you. Okay, let's see. For for number two, um, we call this one the Mr. McGuire Mirror Award. So, like, which which senior do you think is most like you? Like, vibes with you a little bit, if you get what I'm saying. Um, like, okay, so like, I feel like I have to go with like the hyperactive piece of this because I was a spaz in high school, failed out of high school, right? So, um, <laughs> okay, are you ready? You everybody? Damien Fenn. Oh boy, and he's not even on <laughs> this week, you guys. Of all weeks for Damien to not be on the, the call. The one day, the one day. I have I told, him, I, I I have told him. him. I have told him repeatedly in our interactions that he reminds me so much of me and that's why I care and do what I do with him. Interesting. Yeah. I try, I try to, I try to steer him in the right. No one's tried to steer me in the right direction. It was too much work. Damien making the board. All right. 
<laughs> All right, let's see. So number three, number three would be who under who do you think understood most of your references? Oh, Isaac. <laughs> Isaac. Look at yeah, that. Isaac gets all my movie references. Even 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 if it's just a movie, he sort of knows. He sort of knows it because of Molly, his his mom. And so then, um, so he, he's him and his sister were raised on good movies. That's for sure. Awesome. All right. All right. Um, let's see. This, this one's kind of this. The fourth one's the kind of same as the first one. It's uh, who do you think? Who have you taught the most in the last four years? Who's learned the most from me? Yeah. Well, we were we were also thinking though, who who is it that you have taught the most? So in other words, like you taught ninth grade math one. You probably taught some of these guys oh, math okay. two. You probably taught them math three. You probably taught them computer science, multiple classes. You could have even have taught them PPS, and you could have taught them in college as well. So over the course of their three and a half years. Who have you taught the most? That you're like, dude, I got him in my class again. We're going on like the eighth time. Because we were trying to figure it out. Somebody could have had yeah. you seven times, right, guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, and I'm pretty sure somebody like Bradley Walsh did. Uh, because Bradley took my class. He had my math class. He had like my math for programming or something like that uh, or, or whatever it was. Uh, and then um, uh, he had my CSP class, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then my Internet of Things this year, and then plus the the, the college course, and uh, I, I I'm thinking like because it's either him or Yanetli, but Yanetli didn't take my pathway this year, so she's just in my uh, she's just in my PPS course. But I see Bradley like I see Bradley for three periods a day sometimes, and so uh, there's got to be like someone else because like I, I'm sure who's, I'm sure there's someone who has all the same classes I do, but also take like a college course for like trigonometry or whatever you've got at uh, Oxnard, right? So, I mean, like that's, so that's, okay, so then it's a tie between Bradley and Yanetli because I've had Yanetli and Bradley in like the same amount of classes. Interesting. For sure. Bradley and Yanetli. Okay. Yeah, Yanetli's, Yanetli's like my secret first lieutenant on campus. She will do uh, and try to get done anything that needs to happen and she's 100% ready to, to do it and leave everybody else on, in, in, the, in the wake as she does it. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, similar to Bradley, it's just Bradley's not going to say a word about it. Yeah, Nelly's going to tell everybody. <laughs> so, which is fine with me. She's got that confidence about it, where she's ready to be that leader. Bradley's got the ideas and the the know how sometimes, and uh, you know that's uh, it's kind of interesting that they're both the people that I taught the most as well. <laughs> Kudos. I guess that works out. Yeah, for sure it does. What are you talking about? I told you when you own that huge corporation or whatever, you know, hire me, right? <laughs> okay. all right okay so we say the best for last um no, question number five would be who or what what's your best memory of the class of 2020 like what's the best memory you've shared with um the senior class this year um like as far as memories are concerned, like on campus, a lot of times things sort of blend together. But if I had to try to pinpoint like a, a, a momentous, like, so I have, I have some seniors that like I've, I've 
don't know. I've done like we 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 we've gone like on trips and stuff like that. And so like I like I have those memories. Like I had the Odyssey of the Mind team, and that 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 had some has a few seniors on it or had a few seniors on it. Um, and then, um, so here's, here's, here's what I'm going to say about this. Um, my biggest memory is that I pushed you all and skipped you all a whole year of math. And I taught everybody that wanted to skip a year of math, got to skip a year of math. And I taught you. And then majority of those people went over to the college. My greatest memory is that I had a group of students when they were freshmen that wanted to really challenge themselves and push themselves. And they did. And you were all my, you, you guys were my babies. I was the one that was clearing for you and, and double checking to make sure everything was taken care of in your uh, classes and going over the college and stuff like that. So for me, my greatest memory is that, that, that the class of 2020 has a good group of motivated students that really want to learn. And, and, and that's my, that's my last in memory of you. Like when, like when we talk about like all the seniors that I, that I know, like the reason why Damien Fenn reminds me of me is because however erratic and crazy the, the, the dude is sometimes, right. You get him interested in something and he's the, an, an intellectual and can articulate himself on levels that, that, that make you almost jealous. And there were moments when people sort of expressed that to me and I realized that I had just sort of got interested. And so, um, you know, that's, that's your all's class. You guys are so freaking eclectic together and, and you guys have such a good time. Um, you know, there, there's a, there's a want there for sure. I mean, there's, there's a good group of them that are sort of falling off and just not really having that desire, but the rest of you, you have this desire to keep going. And, and for me, that's infectious and, 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 and beautiful and, and I love it. And so uh, my, my lasting memory is that you're all this, this motivated, creative group of people that, that want to do something. That's an, that's an awesome, awesome, awesome question um, that, that you answered there, Ian. I'm, I really appreciate that answer. Um, speaking of your memories, Isaac, take us to the next question. Mr. McGuire, you've been with Ace Shutter High School for a very long time. One since the beginning. How many years have you been at Ace now? Uh, my, first, my first year there was in 2011, I believe. So uh, it's, it's, this is my, it's either my ninth or 10th year uh, teaching. So there. you're in the solid 910 range. So yeah. through those 910 years, what has been the most controversial change that you've seen to ACE? One to one. When we went one to one. Everybody else wasn't going one-to-one because -one they didn't want to spend the money or people did and they gave everybody iPads and they, they realized they screwed up big time because they were all, all these older administration were, um, you know, like um, um, a head over heels for, for, for some Apple products and stuff like that. So they spent all their money on that type of stuff. Mr. Clausy got us into an agreement with Google, got all of our students Chromebooks because I told them that Chromebooks were exactly what our students needed. They needed a small miniature laptop that had internet access and uh, wasn't going to uh, cost an arm and a leg. And, and, I remember and that. Uh, what's up? Oh. I remember that. I oh yeah. 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 It, it was, it, it was, I remember walking with you on, on that path that day and you were like, why, why do we want to get this and not iPad? Tell me why. And I was like, yeah. I can do so much more on a, on a Chromebook with them. And I started talking about programming and all these other things. And it has ring true. Has it not? Because the students are able, are able to do uh, things that we even don't want them to do on the Chromebook they're able to do, but um, they wouldn't have been able to do a lot of those functional things for our, for our pathways and our courses at our school specifically without having Chromebooks. Awesome. That's an so awesome. That was, and it was, it was controversial at the time because nobody was doing it. 
and we were touting it as the greatest thing that was going to happen. And eventually what happened? It's the thing that everybody's doing now and everybody wishes that they had their freshmen having it, but they don't give it into their freshmen until they're like in the 10th grade. Sorry. Uh, schools aren't giving it to their students until they're in the 10th grade. So, you know, the world of a charter school, man, setting trends for us everywhere we go. Um, Bradley, take us away with the final question for Mr. McGuire. Right, right. So we've gone over your feelings of pride and joy. We've gone over your feelings of controversy. Now let's go into your feelings of fear, right? Uh, when your entire career of teaching, right? What is, what is the scariest thing you've seen, experienced, or what scared you the most? Scares, scary as far as uh, my career is concerned? Yeah, like your teaching and your experiences there across multiple schools. What's the scariest thing? Like, like, are you talking personal? Like, like with the students as well? No, 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 not too, okay. no, not like that. I mean, like, yeah. it could be, however you feel would be the best way to answer that. Okay. So, uh, so, so, so here's, here's, here's my take on, on what you're asking me right now. Um, I feel that, that, that my biggest fear is that my skill set will not be uh, compatible with the current trends. So like uh, my, um, <clears throat> the way I sort of search out new ways to create programs or, 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 or my apps or do mathematics or use Desmos to sort of teach mathematics or write a program in Python that does some mathematics or whatnot, to me, that's sort of like a, a job insurance for me because I, I continually try to find new ways to approach my curriculum or my uh, craft, if you will, like teaching. And um, um, if I'm always trying to improve that and I'm always putting that at the forefront of what I do and like, so when people like Mr. Clausey give me references or Mr. Middleton give me references, those are the things that they talk about. And, and for me, that is sort of gold to like administrator or other people's ears. Now, in, in the years that, that, that I've, I've had this fear, for me personally, everything I've been doing is to only improve my program at ACE. I mean, I'll tell you a really, really cool secret, right? I'm never going to leave ACE. I'll never leave ACE. I'll leave ACE when I retire and I'm ready to not deal with high school kids anymore. And even at that point, I'll still come back and work workshops or something like that. I mean, I built this school with Joe Clausey and John Middleton for a reason. And me and John Middleton looked at each other when everybody else was jumping ship and we said, we're not going anywhere. This is ours. And we built it and, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to see it through to the end. Even if we, even if it ran into the ground. And so for us, um, specifically the, the, the three of us, I, I mean, when, when Mr. Clausey came on to our team, I mean, it just, it exemplified, or well, once we got through all of our rough patches, like we became this formidable team that of, of, of know-how, of sort of um, um, intelligence, um, um, brawn, and, and a little bit of craziness. And, and that mixture has really led to this dynamic uh, approach that, that, that for us uh, needs to always be improved. And so like, that's my, 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 my fear back in those years of teaching was that I wouldn't be viable. And at ACE, I'm actually given the opportunity and I'm pushed to be viable, right? I'm, I'm pushed to do training. I'm pushed to become better. Mr. Clausey sends me stuff about like what's happening in trends in technology or, 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 or Mr. Middleton will, or other people say, hey, have you seen this? Or, or even just me discovering new things. And so that viability right there is encouraged at our school. And so that, that fear is sort of, sort of like gone away now. Um, there are times when like, you know, Mr. Middleton comes and goes, we need you to do this, this, this. And I will tell you that stokes a little bit of fear and anxiety in me because I have a lot of other things that I'm thinking about as well. And so now an, another added thing. And so um, those are always my fears because then I, I say to myself, oh, that's something I need to be able to do. 
So he's coming to me and saying, Hey, you need to be able to, I need you to do this Ian. We need you to do this. And I, I, I in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how I, 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 just like any high school kid or anybody that approaches a problem you've never really been approached with before. The first in- instinct is like, I don't know. But in my, my mindset is that I, I need to figure it out and I need to learn and I need to move forward. And that, that, that sort of fear that if I don't do this, then uh, John's going to say, well, uh, we really need you to. <laughs> and it's either that or, or, or we need to figure something else out. And so in my mind now, Mr. Milton's never come to me and said anything like that, but that sort of pushes me in my mindset, my professional mindset, that I should be the best at what I do all the time, no matter what. And I should be able to do anything that my bosses come and think that I can handle. Now, there are times when you do need to say no, but at the same time, um, that fear motivates me just to do my stuff and show off and then teach it to my students and then, you know, call people in my classroom and show it off and, and whatnot. And then that sort of subsides the fear and then there'll be an advancement in, in programming or something like that and other things. And that's going to stoke the fear a little bit more. And, uh, and, and the college is going to say, you need to become right now. The college is like, you need to become distance educated certified. I'm like, what does that even mean? You, that you know how to use canvas <laughs> and, you, and you know how to record things and you know how to like post stuff. I'm like, I do. And they're like, we need you to take a five hour course. Don't become certified in DE. Okay. Because I'm not viable then at that point, even though I've been doing it. Right. So like you have to meet all these requirements. And so that fear of, of not being able to be that for somebody and having my job demand it and then not be it, um, is a, I don't want to lose my job. Right. And I mean, I'm a teacher, right. And I have the degrees and I have the know-how and I have the experience that I don't really fear losing my job really ever that, or, or even if like ACE all of a sudden was uh, all of a sudden dissolved and I went to a different school or something like that, I'd be able to find work. Right? I, the, the, the skill set that I've have. So that, that fear is, is more of like a motivator. It doesn't keep me up at night. How about that? Like, I don't, I don't worry about like, right, am I going to know, know enough math tomorrow or something like that? I don't worry about that, but hope I answered that. <laughs> you. you did. Ian, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, what the, what the boys should know. And I, I know that you're aware of, you know, what we always try to push at ACE is um, having the staff be lifelong learners. And then they set that example for everybody moving forward. And I, you know, I applaud your efforts in doing so constantly because I do think the sign of a natural educator revolves around this innate competition that you have within yourself really that exists within yourself to always want to do better and you can define it as you always need to know so you can always give it to your kids and, and I define it as true education because you wear your heart on your sleeve you know and you're always trying to to bring out the best in in your content matter so your your students get a a chance to experience that so gentlemen any final words that you would like to share with Mr. McGuire at this point is this going to be your longest podcast ever? <laughs> the longest um, one so far. Right. That's, that, that's awesome. Um, um, my suggestion uh, is that everybody listening um, really try to find a skill set that you can focus and learn over um, this time at home so that you can, um, you know, squash your fear and get motivated. Right on. Right on. Very cool. Bradley, were you, were you on to a question? Oh, question what? Did you have any questions for Mr. McGuire, Miles, Isaac? Any more questions? Oh, no, no. I, I was, I was going to say, I, I really like that motivation you have, right? That um, more of not looking at it as a job, but more of looking at it as like a, um, something you do. I, I really like that, and I really want to get to that point as well. And I hope that other people get to that point. Because at, at that point, you, you'll still have your challenges, yes. But I, I think at that point, you're focused enough to motivate yourself to wake up every morning to do something, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I really like that. 
I mean, Brad, Bradley, I mean, and, and Miles and Isaac and, and, and Joe, it, it even came down to just, um, you know, uh, like literally one day I went to go download a YouTube video. Like this is just last week or whatever. I went to go download a YouTube video. I got pissed off. And then I was like, God, there must be a tutorial out there how to make a YouTube download app in Python somewhere. And sure enough, I found it. And once I set it up, I was like, are you kidding me? This is like easy peasy, fresh and squeezy. I mean, I made it in 16 lines or something like that. So, so, so we got to get you to do that for Mr. Hatler because he called and said he's trying to figure out a way to take videos and embed them into the classroom. And um, he wants to know how to take the, take an actual video from his camera and put it on a YouTube. Is it, I think is I was like, oh, I'll put you in touch with Mr. Boyer and here you are talking about creating an easy way to, to do that. Ian, I, I, I got to tell you, um, I, I think it's a testament to you, Mr. McGuire, that you're aware of the amount of time and energy that went into some of the questions that were asked to you today um, because the boys and I really miss you yeah, and yeah, really wanted to um, be taken on that ride that only Ian McGuire is capable of taking listeners on. Um, I can't thank you enough on behalf of all the students that you have ever taught. Um, and all of the staff here at ACE, you know, you're truly inspiring to be around and to work with. You teach from your heart every day. Um, and it's something that not a lot of educators, unfortunately, do or even have the capability of doing in. Um, and your energy has not subsided once. I think the boys can attest. Even though you taught math, science, IB, PPS, even though you teach on multiple platforms, both at ACE and for the college, um, so thank you for being who you are. We hope you, uh, we hope to have you back on the show, uh, talking all things with me and the boys soon. Um, as this was a pleasure, if we had to have a longest one, I'm stoked that it was because it was your interview. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Please remember to listen, like, and subscribe to this podcast found on Apple music, Spotify, and at www.thetravelingprincipal.com. Stay safe out there, everybody.